Hi, everyone, and welcome to another episode of The Queer Quadrant, a podcast where we, two bisexual filmmakers, examine cinema in all its cultural contexts and explore why your favorite four-quadrant blockbuster is maybe not as straight as you think it is. If I had a nickel for every time two young Italian boys had a very romantic coming-of-age you know, maybe sexually charged uh, summer on the Italian countryside. That ended I, with a train ride. That ended with a train ride. <laughs> One of them probably crying. I would have two nickel. Mm, no, it doesn't. How does it go? I fucked up. I would have two. I fucked up. No. I, no, you, you, you got it. I was so close. I would have two nickels, which isn't a lot. There it but is. But it's weird yes. that it happened twice. Mm. There you actually, go. the thing is, though, I would have like, I think, four nickels because there was the other one that came out. It was like summer of 89. Summer of 89. Right. And then I yes, feel like there was like, yeah. one other random one that happened yeah. or maybe. <laughs> but it was just like there was like this was the theme for like four yeah. years in a row. Mm hmm. You go to Italy to come of age in a slightly <laughs> okay way. Yeah, what can uh, I say? Slightly gay? I would say pretty gay. <laughs> it's okay. Listen, I think that's that's the ideal scenario and mm. environment i mean i wish that happened to me i, I would know. have loved this <laughs> yeah i can understand it it's 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 just a beautiful setting yes for which to find your authentic self i will say i was i'm sorry no, no you get it you get it i'll come back i'll come back You'll go, come back to go. It? i saw you winding up yes All do right. it hi <laughs> i'm burke solomon jordan gustafson we love talking about cinema we love talking about being queer we love talking about queer cinema so here we are talking about it mamma mia <laughs> today uh as you may have guessed by the terrible italian accent what which do you mean definitely will not be going away anytime soon we are talking 2021's luca the disney pixar film and we are joined by film critic zoe rose bryant a delight to have you here thank you so much now it's a delight to be here i love this movie i'm so excited to talk gay movie with you so <laughs> Yes. So good. Well, thank you so much for picking this movie because yes. I, I think like the minute that we watched this movie last summer, even gay. even aside yeah. from all the like speculation about like if it was gonna be gay before yeah. it came out, we were like, mm, yeah, gay. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. what I was gonna say what before were you gonna say? is that rewatching this and looking at Luca's outfits and sort of his hair, I was mm -hmm. really projecting myself onto you him. You look just. <laughs> Like him. Like young me mm -hmm. looked very much like I also, young Luca. I'm going to see. So, you know, I don't know that this is the best comp, but Jordan and I are technically friends on Snapchat. So I have oh his little goodness. Snapchat <laughs> oh my Jesus. emoji. Oh, my God. This it is. is yeah. This is literally just Luca. Mamma mia. I look like Luca. <laughs> like it's Jordan is a very big fan of, of the like buttoned collared shirt. And you do have mm. like the curly the hair. Little, swoop. Little, yeah. Whoop. yeah. 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 <laughs> Especially yeah. if it gets a little longer. Yeah. So anyways, I'm just saying that this movie is very close to me. I was like, oh, my God, I experienced what Luca's going through. Mm -hmm. I have mm. like a good question that I feel like can kick off the discussion where sure. because the director Enrico Casarosa said that this movie is like very much based on his own childhood and that like mm -hmm. he was luca he was like a shy little kid so were you a luca 
were you an Alberto oh, or were you a Julia? I was for sure a Luca in this situation. Little shy boy. A little shy boy mm-hmm. being pulled in like different directions. Maybe like I had a close friend who wanted to be like more edgy. And so then I would be more edgy, but it would result in me getting into more trouble, mm-hmm. you know? <laughs> so yep. that was, that was mm-hmm. for sure me. Of the three, what were you, Zoe? Were yes, you, uh, what about you? a Luca? Where, I was... where did you land on the spectrum? <laughs> I feel like I could see a little bit of myself in all three, but I was actually probably most a Julia because mm. I was kind of like the bossy ringleader of mm. like my friends and definitely always like ran things and got us into certain situations. And so I love her. I love her character so much. And she's just like the best ally too. She, she, is. So is. she is such an ally. Yeah. Um, for what it's worth, I was definitely also a Julia. I was I was, say, there's no mm-hmm. world in which you're not a Julia. I was yeah. a very bossy and controlling child. Yeah. Um, I like to think I've grown out of it but i probably haven't like honestly same yeah <laughs> no was... it's ingrained yeah <laughs> did you all see in like doing research apparently julia was supposed to be queer in this but the reason that she's not mm-hmm. well for one because of probably corporate stuff but the yeah. other was because they couldn't figure out how to have julia be gay without introducing a love interest and i'm like you don't need a friggin' love interest yeah. to make her gay but like obviously she's gay look at the way she dresses <laughs> I know. And it is frustrating, I think, when like you're talking about sexuality in kids' movies, how everyone thinks that you have to ha- involve sex or mm-hmm. a love interest or they can't just like know it for themselves and be right. queer without involving that. And yeah. Yeah. yeah, I've I've also never understood that because like I think basically every queer person can speak to the experience of like you definitely have people, whether like celebrities mm-hmm. or your friends that maybe awaken yeah. you in some way, but it's mostly an internal thing. Like, yeah. you know, internally way before you're able to like externalize yeah. it. Yeah. You're not even really thinking about that when like you're Luca and like Alberto's age and stuff like you're just like, oh, I really connect with this person. I'm really drawn to them. I don't really know why yet. But, you know, like it's just people projecting onto children yeah Yeah, i think that we'll talk a little bit about kind of like the i don't want to call it backlash because there wasn't really like a backlash but the kind of like Mm -hmm. seesawing of Mm, should people interpret this film as queer and it's 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 the same issue of like it's a children's movie why do we have to involve it and i think that like to me that's what makes Luca like such an interesting queer coming of age story is that it it's not specifically based around like first love. It's based mm-hmm. around discovery, which mm-hmm. I really like and I think is a really good way to kind of like bring that theme into a movie for younger audiences if you're going to be worried about like the pearl clutching. Yeah. 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 It's a really good way to put it. I mean like so much like it is such a movie about like if you want to even view it through like the friendship, like if you don't want to read Alberto as you know, Luca's first crush, which respect to you, but you're wrong. Um, (laughs) Even just like the simple allegory of like, we were talking about this a little last night, like sea monsters are inherently and any sort of monster is inherently Mm -hmm. like a queer allegory. Can be read that way. Exactly. And like, just like you look at the basic constructs is like this monster who is like, has to go onto land is like learning to be adopted by this group of people for who they are you know it's just like a very clear one-to-one and to not like even just think like outside the box on the larger thematics i think is just sort Mm -hmm. of giving the movie the short shift which Mm -hmm. like it doesn't deserve and i think like even though the director like explicitly has said that it's not a queer story Mm -hmm. i mean i think it's just like no matter what like the queer community is going to read into it just based on our own experiences yeah yeah Art is interpretation, you know? What? (laughs) Oh, my God. That's what I have to say about that. Because I know, like, it was weird that the director was straight up like, 
no like what right. are you talking about I know and I think part of that is honestly just like working within the studio system because like you see what happened with like Lightyear and Strange mm-hmm. World this year when they like were explicitly gay and then like it and it went really on... well and everyone liked it and yeah <laughs> there was no negativity no none so ever no backlash but no. yeah I know so I think for all like kind of the back and forth with Luca this is like maybe like a more successful way to like bring up bring it about because I feel like it still has the queer audience but it didn't really get like the conservative you know moms on Facebook <laughs> attacking it because they didn't realize right yeah 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 and I I think that like again this this movie is so like no plot just vibes in the yeah, best yeah. way that yeah. I think mm-hmm. like obviously the director has cited Miyazaki as a big inspiration you can obviously see that but it's it's that same kind of like the movie is very much what you decide to make of it. Like what I really yeah. love about hearing people's opinions about Miyazaki movies and any any sort of like that very just like nice chill animation is that everyone has like a little bit of a different story that they yeah. pull away from whatever the movie is. And I think that Luca fits in that same boat too. For sure. Yeah. 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 I mean, is this the first Pixar that we're covering? Um, I was really trying to think about ooh. this because definitely the first Pixar, not the first covered, animated yeah, well, movie. Well, we covered like Disney, like Mulan, obviously, mm-hmm. and like some things like that. But I think this might be our first Pixar, which is shocking, seeing as like me, Jordan's in my affinity big for Pixar. Pixar fan. Um, me too, me too. But but it's like with this one, I think it's like so nice because it does kind of break the classic Pixar mold. Like Pixar mo- movies are so well structured to a fault and like obviously this movie is well structured but it's really like here's act one introduce your rising action your climax you know and then we're out and this movie does have a more sort of meandering the stakes are pretty low and i feel like that's like the first time i watched it i did like obviously like it but revisiting it it was such a refreshing revisit how chill Mm -hmm. the movie was and just how focused on like the interiority and the friendship and like the budding like love between all of these characters yeah. it just i yeah. just loved it so much it's just such a like tender fucking movie yeah uh, and i think yeah. it is because the character work is just so so developed it's really like you really care about luca and alberto and so i don't really bother much with like what's going on in the actual quote-unquote plot because i just want to spend time with them and i i love seeing both of them kind of come into their own and deal with their own pasts and you know embrace their confidence and they, they just did such a good job with the two of them that i'm like they can do whatever they want they can find a vespa they can just go swimming like i'll be watching right we just want yeah. to see them hang out with yeah. each other and i think like the the inclusion of things like the the fantasy sequences oh my god really gives this like uh, yeah. such a such a childlike mm-hmm. sense of wonder and like mm-hmm. discovery and excitement i yeah. some some listeners might know this i grew up in like <laughs> truly the middle of nowhere mamma mia um, what in new hampshire and basically like all that my sister and my friends and i had to entertain ourselves was like the woods and whatever was hanging out mm. in them like woods yeah. and some sticks and some rocks yeah <laughs> <laughs> and all the the sequences of them creating the Vespa in mm. its its early iterations and like using the yeah. turtle to yeah. make these ramps ramp. reminded mm-hmm. me so much of like when you're a kid, how just run away your imagination is and how you can be like, yes, I'm floating among the stars. I'm touching mm-hmm. Saturn. I'm like yeah. in a field of flying Vespas. Right. Um, I don't Holding know. on to my love. It just captured <laughs> really well. Yeah. 
I know. Yeah, I felt the same because I grew up in like literally the middle of the Midwest, like nowhere and stuff too. (laughs) So like it really was like creeks and like forests and woods and make believe. And so that's why I'm like, I hated when people kind of dismissed the movie because it was low stakes or kind of quote unquote plotless because I'm like, that's really true to childhood where like every day is just kind of a new adventure. And it's really just about you living life so carefree because you don't have all the burdens of like adult responsibilities or like pressing things you have to do. It's just living life which is like so refreshing like you said to revisit and just go back to and be put in that mindset again yeah Yeah. exactly and that like it really feels I don't know a lot of Pixar movies are about kids in peril or you know Mm -hmm. things in peril in fun peril you know we have we have a good we have a good time but this is again I think like really similar to the Miyazaki movies the kids always feel like very cared for Mm -hmm. it's it's really a movie where you can sit back and I think like let all the tension leave your body because Mm. you know we're never worried that these kids are actually going to get impaled with harpoons you know when they leap off like take me gravity and they're like falling from like a 10-story building yeah Yeah. it's just not that kind of movie like I love I I think like especially Julia's dad in general there's the sense Mm. that there's like always a parental figure that is yeah. keeping track of where the kids are and like it the movie just like lets us really live in the kids perspective and yeah. their adventures without this kind of like danger um mm-hmm. that is inherent yeah. to a lot of these more like plottier higher stakes movies mm-hmm. totally yeah. but yeah. it's not it's like it's sort of i think what's nice about this movie too is it like kind of veers from the normal pixar animation style to more like bend and snap sort of characters like where they're like more cartoonish squash and stretch yes (laughs) and like it pulls a little bit of like the wes anderson stop motion look to it like the way like Mm -hmm. the faces are all kind of rounded i we were watching ciao alberto ciao alberto i'm also have you seen ciao i have seen it yes yeah my god when he's like dad um (laughs) i'm gonna also i'm just gonna apologize on like to the entire country of italy right now for (laughs) accent work that's gonna be done in this episode i'm sorry i mean the director is italian and like cast Mm. a bunch of italian people so like at least like the call was coming from inside the house you know Mm. right right but then there's jacob tremblay in there yeah, an honorary <laughs> Italian maybe for this movie. Yes, sure. Um, <laughs> I don't even know where I was going because I got so sidelined by my accent. Um, we were watching Ciao Alberto. The dad. Oh yeah, well, just like the animation style reminded me of like Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs a lot, like the way the mm-hmm. dad's face is and like yeah. the way that the mouths move. The but mustache. it's like it, yeah, um, literally like his <laughs> yeah. eyes being yeah. no eyes, just eyebrows. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah, but it all works. I think to give it this like childlike freedom and f- like flighty feeling to it like where there aren't like these grounded in realism stakes to it like the new Mm -hmm. toy story like it's so stunning but like i feel like so much of it works because it is that like weird pixar the cat like the way the cat looks the way that the rain plays everything is so hyper real at this point yeah Yeah. and so for this movie to give like a more honestly like 2d feeling to it is really refreshing Mm -hmm. Uh, and especially works for this movie and what it's trying to go for so how did we all when did you first come to it what was your relationship with the movie how did it change was it ever a question that this movie was supposed to be in theaters i think so well it was definitely one of the it was uh disney i mean just sent it straight to streaming it had a one week theatrical at the el capitan but it was like kind of like june of the pandemic so pride month we respect Mm -hmm. Um, we do love to see it yeah like come on they're not hiding it yeah no um (laughs) but i think it was like maybe another peak of the pandemic but it wasn't when like 
It was, movie theaters were open at that point. So it was sort of another yeah. thing like with Soul, where Soul had come out and people were like, question mark, question mark. Yeah. And again, like another Pixar movie being kicked fucking straight to streaming. I mean, yeah. they're still doing it. Turning Red. Like, right. The, which is which also is, fucking you know, great. Their best movie of the year. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I watched this at home on Disney Plus, but I watched it with my fiance. Oh, my God. Um, who is a very big Miyazaki fan and animation fan in general. And I was like, hey, this is supposed to be like Miyazaki vibes, which I knew yeah. would get him immediately to sit down and watch it. And we did. Um, and it was adorable. Like, I remember just like loving it. And it yeah. was it was during the pandemic. We were all stuck inside and it, but it was 90 degrees and we were still stuck inside, yeah. which was terrible. Um, so I feel like it really was lovely and escapist. Like a refreshing yeah. gelato escape. And I think I made yeah. pasta. Mm. Mamma mia, did you make a pesto <laughs> pasta? It was not a pesto pasta, <laughs> uh. but it was good. Did you, I assume you I just watched threw it, it on the oh, old man. Disney Plus? <laughs> the minute it was on, I'm like, let's go. Yeah. So did you at least get to see it at like a press screening or something? I did. I got a screener. Oh, wow. Of it. So I had oh, seen okay. it. Like, yeah, I had seen it like a week before. And I was like, I was telling everybody afterwards. I was like, no, this is so good because I think... There was some like hand wringing when it like got sent straight to streaming. Everyone's like, "Oh, is this gonna be kind of like mid?" And they like didn't know what the story was. And I was like, "No, it's gorgeous. It's so sweet. It is so queer. Like, I'm so serious. You have to watch it. You like, they're not hiding it at all." And then, yeah, everybody. I remember on Twitter, Twitter, like, started watching it when like it came out for everybody, and it was just to like everybody was just so into it, and like they could project their own experiences on it, like you were saying earlier. And I think like that's one of the most magical things about the movie is that it's so good and stands on its own, but it also is elevated by like what you're bringing to it as well, especially as like a queer, former like queer teen and stuff. And I just, I love, like you said, I love movies that are like open to that additional interpretation like that, because I think they have another life then in like all the cinema space. Yes, truly. And I mean, I would be, I would regret it if I didn't call out the iconic A.O. Scott review headline mm-hmm. calamari by your name but i yes. remember yeah. like when that dropped people got very excited all yeah. of a sudden yeah. now of course we're in the exact like venn diagram of like mm-hmm. people getting that. excited about yes. <laughs> the yeah. gay pixar movie yes. yeah but i i do think that it was it had like a lot of more buzz than i would have expected compared yeah. to the absolute lack of buzz around like year right or strange world because I, I feel like something kind of similar happened with turning yeah. red like guys turning red is really good and then when it dropped it really felt like i saw yeah. so much of it yeah 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 no totally from like the announcement of it i think people were just inherently interested because it did feel both like in the film twitter world because it was like everyone immediately made the one-to-one like oh luca yeah. like the name luca of the director Guadagnino. who made call me by your name oh, yeah. oh it's a 50 60 set movie this <laughs> yeah. is weird a lot of thematic overlap but it did also feel like a nice more character thing from because like pixar it's so rare not rare but like they have become much more about like sequels and prequelizing in the franchises yeah. that they've already established so when we do get like an original one it really does stand out for, like with a turning red or yeah. this versus like your light years etc yeah. Yeah, I'm not familiar with um, Enrico Casarosa's other work. I don't know if either of you guys are, but this is the only like one of his that I've seen that he where he was actually like. Really, I think it's his only thing he's done. Yeah, it's, well, it's the first yeah. thing he was like in the like, Pixar behind, brain trust. Yeah, yes, yeah. behind the wheel. Did he do like La Luna? I think that was his short film. Yeah. Yes. Okay, I was like, I did see that. Yeah, but I did, I think this is his first like full length feature. Yeah. Pretty sure. Yeah. 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 Okay. 
he was a, he was a, a story artist on like the kind of like mid 2000s Pixar movies okay. and then um like you know was in the Pixar senior creative team for okay. kind of like the 2010s so he's been he's okay. been in the fold been around yeah, yeah. it's sort of company like, man yes yeah, yeah. <laughs> like the Pixar thing when you're around enough then they're like okay and now you get to make yours yeah. you know <laughs> I just want to shout out that he was a story artist on Piper the short which is <gasps> I think maybe I love my, that short. it might be my really favorite good. Pixar like, short okay I thought you, ever mm, it might be the best one it's it's really cute so cute I, think, oh, I can't get yeah. over it. Zoe, what's I, your favorite? Do you have a favorite? I do. I think mine's Day and Night. I think that one's really cute that's, too. Yeah, oh, that, yeah, I remember seeing that in front of Toy Story three, and it's like mm-hmm. stuck with me ever since. Yeah. I mine is the chess game, Jerry's game from mm-hmm. before Bugs Life. Mm-hmm. I yeah. have the bug like back at home. We had like a Bugs Life VHS, and I would rewatch that short a lot. Mm-hmm. And I just like something about it is so fun. It's yeah. really good. I love that yeah. little old fucker so <laughs> much. <laughs> the the Pixar shorts and I think like you can really see this DNA replicated in Luca in a really good mm-hmm. way that I don't know yeah. that a lot of Pixar feature lengths really lean on like the the no dialogue mm. like the the yeah. real like reliance on visuals yeah. obviously duh animation but I think that yeah. that's something that's always so clear in the Pixar shorts that sometimes gets lost mm, like yeah. due to the plot in these these big feature length movies yeah um so I feel like you can really see like th- his thumbprint transfer over yeah um, what yeah. is your Zoe what's your like relationship with Pixar do you have a favorite Pixar movie what is sort of like your like how did you how do you feel about Pixar at large <laughs> I'm also a huge Pixar fan. So my first movie I saw in theaters was Monsters, Inc. Oh, um, my God. So, yeah, it's, like, been in my DNA ever since. Um, and then my favorite currently is Inside Out. So it's more recent when I've seen as I'm a little bit older. But that movie was just, like, that movie's messages, like, how it looked, the aesthetic is, like, made for me specifically. So I was, like, yes. I was in the bag for that movie as soon as I heard it was announced. Um, but no, I'm a huge fan, mostly, I'd say, of, like, the classic early 2000s films and stuff. And I think I have, like, many kind of become a little disenchanted with, like, the over-sequelization as of late, mm-hmm. like, the spinoffs and the recalls and, like, all this stuff. But when we do get, like, a little gem like Luca or Turning Red, I'm like, okay, this is giving me, like, the flashes of the company's past like this is like mm. what they should be doing because that's why we all love it in the first place so now i'm definitely kind of back on board a little bit more how about you what's your what are your what are um your i was not a big pixar kid but i think that i as soon as i was kind of like old enough you know by that i mean like 14 15 to be like let me just throw on a movie without yeah. like my family around i feel like i started wanting to like be part of the cultural conversation because i those you're so right those early 2000s movies like really like deeply imprinted on like this generation and the internet as a whole like you do you remember all the deep like every pixar movie is connected if you yes yes. (laughs) here's the timeline yeah Yeah. that person down a rabbit hole yeah Yeah. so (laughs) stuff like that i think that my favorite is still ratatouille Mm. um but you like the rat to make it the ratatouille he makes (laughs) The Ratatouille. I love, I love that movie. Yeah. I, I like yeah. it's. I have to. I cry every so time yeah. I watch that movie. Um, what was I? I feel like I was thinking of a recent one that I really liked too. I don't know. It'll come back to me. Oh, Wally. I'm mm, a my God. big yeah. Wally Perfect. fan. Yeah. I just there's I the first act of Wally or like the first half, like the whole silent half. Is that like maybe the best? Yeah. Thing that's ever happened in animation i do rem- 
remember seeing that in a theater yeah. and being like completely wowed, like being yeah. like, yeah. this is cinema with a capital C. It's yeah. so fucking stunning. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I feel like I've announced, like mine, I'm yeah, so clearly a Toy Story boy. Like yes. it's not even mm-hmm. a question. I feel like the thing is though, there, I feel like there are like, we like talk about this before, but like I have like 10, five star ones and it's kind of like a, mm-hmm. depending on where you feel, you know, like the Incredibles same. could go in yeah. there. Fucking Ratatouille. Yeah. There's like just so many depending on your mood. Like I haven't rewatched Inside Out in so long. I love Just Inside because Out. I was so <laughs> devastated when I saw it. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. Rest in peace, Bing Bong, a real one. Yeah, uh, but that, like, death haunted me. And I was like, you know what? I don't need to come back to this for a while. <laughs> yeah. I I think it's, it's interesting to look at kind of like how Pixar has evolved and... Obviously, there's there's always some discourse online about kind of like Pixar's chokehold on animation mm, as a yeah. genre in general and like what space it leaves for other creators. Right. I think that like what I like about Pixar ha- does have so many straight bangers, though, that you can really like mm-hmm. cherry pick the ones that you think speak to you. Totally. The most like I, I like the ones that are like looking forward instead of looking backward. Mm. There's obviously a lot of Pixar movies about childhood nostalgia. Toy Story, Inside Out, mm-hmm. Luca, like, yeah. but Mama I, I will like Ratatouille and Wally. Those are about like finding your like your purpose future. in life yeah. and your career mm-hmm. and your future. And I'm like a very like future. Well, that's why Toy Story Four person. fucking rules because it's all about the toys finding out what they could do down the line. Except I have yeah. no connection to toys, so ah! I was kind of like I was very. My parents are were just very like no toys, no TV, like books and the outdoors oh are like your. I had I had a lot of American Girl dolls, but we were okay. we were never we were never big like toy tie-ins. Right, right. Like mm-hmm. oh, we need to go get the like Star Wars action figures or whatever it is. How we do. The, the, the <laughs> low-hanging fruit. I'm sorry, Jordan. What what was your American Girl doll? Were you a K- Kittredge? No, Samantha, mm, forever sure. and always. Um, and my younger sister had Kirsten, who is like uh-huh. the frontier girl. <laughs> All I know is Kit Kittredge. I'm sorry. Well, mm-hmm. you learn your fucking American I'm Girl doll lore before you down. come I'm try to have sorry. a conversation. I'm sorry. <laughs> Um, anyways, anyways. <laughs> back to Luca. Back to Luca. <laughs> yeah. In doing research, or at least for me, like it's obviously like this is kind of like with a classic Pixar like development coming around where it's been in development yeah. for years, Five and then years. eventually it comes. Yeah. They do the thing that I want to fucking do. Where I, look, I would not I I don't really necessarily want to work in animation just because of like my style. If anything, I would like to like do like a Wes Anderson type thing. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. working at Pixar seems like a fucking dream when they're like, oh. We're going to send you to the Italian countryside for a few mm-hmm. weeks. It's like every yeah. Disney movie. They're like, you go to this beautiful yeah. location for months just to take photos and like learn the environment. And you're like, mm-hmm. God, a, f- a fucking dream. I, I know. But then yeah. you look at the pictures and it is literally like they just build yeah. the town. same place. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Yeah. And I, you can really like feel that there's no artificiality and like in the movie and stuff. Like it's very authentic to not just the actual environment itself, but like the mood and the overall like aura of like this Italian countryside. Like yeah. it is just like it's infectious. And that's like part of the thing. That's what I love so much about the movie too. Like going back to the hangout vibes and mm. just like how calming it is, is that it really does feel like you're transported there, which is like so hard to pull off, but you can tell that Pixar really cares about that commitment to the honesty. 
Yeah. Totally. And yeah. I think like when you look at, obviously this was created during the novel coronavirus of 2020. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I think that you can really feel not only the longing for this type of like beautiful kind of like mm. outdoorsy town like desire for community but also there really is the sense of intimacy and low keyness that i think comes from i mean everyone did this remotely like it bananas yeah yeah. which is crazy yeah Yeah. um and i don't know maybe i'm just projecting too much but this is this is a movie about basically like a kid finding the authentic version of himself and figuring out how he can like live between two worlds and i think it's it's injected with a sense of like positive melancholy like it's just Mm -hmm. just a little bit sad and it has a very uh, bittersweet a bit. ending but it's not sad in the kind of like traditional oh no. pixar yeah. they'll make you cry type yeah. of way it's the best type of like this is yes. like if you could yeah. bottle sadness that i like in a movie it's this where it's like the character mm-hmm. is, growing, is growing and they are going somewhere that is like positive for them but yeah. ultimately like it is a devastating loss that they are feeling and i think yeah. that is like the best part of childhood is like mm-hmm. i don't know about you necessarily right growing up but like where i grew up so many friendships would be like for a week or for like a few months because it was like a summer town so you would have people come in people be leaving but then like you obviously have your friends from school or whatever but they also Mm -hmm. leave and so so much of childhood is like these friendships that come into your life and leave your life and like the impact that they have on you can be so profound and you can feel it so intrinsically but at the same time like it is just for such a short period of time and there's a melancholic feeling to that you can't necessarily feel that as a kid but when you reflect upon it when you're older you're like oh this was like yeah. No, no fucking kidding. I was sad. Like we yeah. were so close so quickly and then it's gone from your life, yeah. you know? Yeah. yeah. It's another one of those things you just don't have the words for at the moment. Like you, you feel it, but you just can't really contemplate that much on it when you're like 10 years old or so, you know? Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. The only thing I think in this movie that actually made me cry instead of the ending was the, uh, the scene when Alberto changes and then Luca pretends like he doesn't know it. That oh killed me. Cause I was like, oh my God, this is so awful. <laughs> like this is, and just like the look on Alberto's face when like that betrayal, like I think that that's like such a relatable emotion and experience. Like that was, I was, and they captured that so well. Like it makes me so sad to even like think of his little face. Yes. It's, oh my God, yeah. It's it's betrayal when you're a kid hits so differently because you're mm-hmm. not, you're not yeah. guarded in the same way cause you haven't yeah. learned like how to guard yourself against that and I think that like you know both the character of Luca in this movie who's been taught to like you know protect yourself from his parents but also Mm -hmm. you know if we're staying on the queer allegory train you learn to protect yourself in a different way when you're growing up queer because even if you can't like fully express it yet you do have the sense that like there is something like a little bit extra that I need to keep to myself in maybe way that other kids can't and so I think that that makes the Alberto portrayal especially devastating because mm-hmm. it's not for something that he did it's no, just for yeah. who Existing. he is well, uh, it reminded me so much I don't know if there's like a movie but it's like that classic queer thing it's like where you're caught in like any movie like being with another person like a classic gay scene or whatever and then it's like yeah. oh no 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 that's the gay person right and it, yeah. like that's the thing yeah. with we're the not, monsters it's like a the clear one-to-one yeah. and it's like just not being accepting of like who you are at the betrayal of someone so intrinsically close to you is devastating mm-hmm. that seems yeah. really fucking hit hard this time i know i know <laughs> Poor Alberto. Like, Alberto really goes through so many feelings in this. Mm. He sees Luca find a new friend, and he just wants to be the friend. He doesn't have a dad. Right. (laughs) 
Well, and it is so sad because Alberto's like the more confident one who has been kind of like instructing Luca to kind of embrace who he really is and like see the value and like beauty in that. And then to have that person turn their back on you in like this like formative, very important moment. I know it's like, so when you break it down, I'm like, oh my God, this is gutting. And like you said, there's like no way to not read that in a queer sense. Like it is such a specific queer emotion and experience. And I'm like, Okay, Enrico Casarotto. Okay, Enrico Casarotto. Yeah. Yeah. Right. yeah. No, because I think like the really the key is that the the otherness, the sea monsters mm. that we talked about. Again, it's not because yeah. of some it's not because of the choices you make. It's intrinsically about like hiding a part of who you are, not mm-hmm. what you like, not what you want to do. Julia is an outcast because, you know, she's kind of like a weird bossy girl and we yeah. love her for it. But Luca and Alberto also, with divorced parents though, I know. which is like mm-hmm amazing cool and kind yeah. of like yeah yeah, yeah. yeah keep going. Yes, progressive yes, yes. like pixar like but luca and alberto are diff like fundamentally different because mm. they have a secret that like they can't hide right um yeah. i just think there's no way to not read that because especially i think like the ability to hide the secret of what you are is mm-hmm. so queer in a way that it doesn't yeah. necessarily apply to like different types of like underrepresentation or otherness mm-hmm. like yeah queerness is so unique because in a lot of cases like you can hide it yeah you, mm-hmm. you can pretend right yeah well i think that's what makes the movie so strong too is the way in which like the sea monsters how they can hide and how they can't hide and like when they get wet or whatever and they immediately mm-hmm. transform and sort of like how that like plays in yeah. with like honestly like how you dress in public etc like what clothing how you're presenting you're how you're yeah. presenting and like yeah. how people are like taking you in and it's sort mm-hmm. of like are there ways for me to pass within like this italian society or are there ways like that i can't and sort of like when i'm with my friend what is like my fullest me etc it's just really yeah. layered in its sort of like examination of the queer community by not yeah. necessarily trying to examine the queer community but mm-hmm. it's sort of i guess the thing is like it's kind of baked into the cake. And it's like, we talked about, we never have not talked about, but we talked about in real life, like with the shape of water, how that movie is mm-hmm. like queer and displays both with Michael Shannon and with like Michael Shannon. Not, well, Michael Shannon's like, little oh, I guess. but also Tracy. But, yes. Uh, straight up. Is it not Tracy? Is it, who is is it? it Richard no. Jenkins? Richard, Richard Jenkins. Jenkins. Yes. Sorry. Yes. <laughs> Too many like, old white character like, actors. His relationship with like, with like the sea monster and how like yeah. that monster like influences him. And I just yeah. think that there is something inherent with like, these type of monsters within queerness and like how that all relates and also like water being such a clear sign of like if we're talking like larger themes like water constantly being like a rebirth thing and like coming from the water the rain showing who you truly are and like washing away the facade of who you are exactly yeah like it really all ties together so well we can drop the thesis on luca yeah I know and like I think it is special because of the intricacies and its messaging to where it's not really overt in a way that like I think a lot of people like want today and stuff are like oh we want like this explicit queer representation and with something like Luca it doesn't give you like spelling it out but I also kind of think that like makes it more successful and like more impactful because it's all these little moments that are really hard to like make into a major scene but like we all feel very internally because we've gone through it ourselves, and I think only someone who has can really put that to screen so that's why I'm like a real I'm curious like what the queer involvement behind the scenes was because it is just I like know. so intensely personal and intimate and I'm like I don't know how 
a non-queer person can like nail this as well as they did. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I I there's definitely kind of like the overarching theme that oh we're all outcasts, we're all underdogs. Like this mm-hmm. is about weird kids yeah. finding other weird kids, which is great. Yeah. We we love that. But I yeah, it's exactly like you said when you stack all the details on top of each other, mm-hmm. I just think like it makes a really rock solid argument. But I mean, you know, obviously this movie does not succeed without the like stellar voice performances. I was just gonna say, yeah. Um, yeah. I think in particular we were talking about Alberto and how Jack Dylan Graze, Glazer Grazer Jack Dylan Grazer, Grazer yeah. plays him with so much depth, like mm. that you mm-hmm. maybe wouldn't yeah. expect either from a young actor or for from someone who has to like gets to play this really like confident, yeah, like. Mm-hmm. you know the, the the leader the scenes where he gets to show like that vulnerability mm. i think makes a big difference yeah i feel like he's such a like a smart talented really up-and-coming like actor him. and even yeah. though he's like necessarily a nepo baby it doesn't really <laughs> matter like yeah. his his performance in it yeah. i'm like constantly thinking about like i mean that movie is really one of the most mm-hmm. well cast like horror like movies so for good. kids yeah. but then like even him and shazam like i really love mm-hmm what he's doing in that mm-hmm. which like yeah. even though it's within the confines like of a very large film he is giving like depth to his character and like mm-hmm. especially in this as you're saying like it's a fucking stunning voice performance which you would mm-hmm. never expect from that but yeah. did you see the we, we are who we are show or no i have not seen I we are who I we are either. okay we're <laughs> all bad we have to see it i know i need to so which is another connection to luca guadagnino with mm-hmm. this movie, right which i'm like there are too many dots here that are like aligning but where yeah, Charlie I, Day with the I, meme, I, everything, I, all I the stuff. wires, yeah. I know, I need to watch that so bad because I did just see him. Well, I saw like Bones and all recently and stuff. And that I was like, mm-hmm. I'm on such a Luca kick right now. I need to yes. like go watch everything he's ever made. But yeah, I also agree. I think he is one of the like most talented up and coming, like quote unquote child actors. And I really liked him in um, Beautiful Boy too, when he mm-hmm. was like the young Timothy Chalamet, which is like a smaller role, but still like really emotionally impactful. And he he just does have this like, such strong confidence that like comes through the screen as Alberto, as Alberto which he needs because he's the one like you said like leading Luca into like embracing himself and everything and I think the beauty too in his voice work is that you do know there's like more beneath the surface like he's kind yeah. of overcompensating for his insecurities at the same time for but sure. we're you still can feel it. Yeah. yeah yes yeah but even still we're like also drawn into his spell the same way Luca is in spite of kind of acknowledging that and it's yeah it's just a great great voice performance it really is and I mean we should shout out he is he came out as bi on an Instagram yes. live mm-hmm. um he they king of the day yes yeah. good good for him love to see it yes. yes and I don't know I think that because he he does have family in the industry it feels like mm-hmm. he really like entered with like a, a good blast of confidence and yeah. was able to mm-hmm. really kind of like yeah. protect himself and like make his own path as a young actor like even when he was on the it press tour i remember like he was basically like yeah. not afraid of the adults who were very yeah. like into kind of giving the kids shit yeah <laughs> he's yeah fucking funny like his press tour interviews are, are great really good so good yeah he's I- like the fucking incredible like there was the him vaping scandal yes, or situation so etc., funny. which was hilarious like i think he's he's kind of an icon for that let's yeah. see yeah. he was born in 2003 so he's 19 oh God, he's right so now young. 
but he's like a grown adult now. I just yeah. think it's yeah. very cool that he's like open about kind of like himself and his sexuality and gender yeah. identity at a relatively young that's age amazing. in the public eye. I, that's yeah. that's much easier said than done. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think it then works with Jacob Tremblay, who is also my, one of our finest young actors. Love him. Seeing so him good. now, he is my at son. Sixteen is like over. Or how over he? He's like now like yeah. a full teenager, and it's like yeah. very overwhelming to see him look it's an dark. adult. <laughs> Yeah. yeah having first like seen him in room and then right. now he's like literally like a little man i'm like this is so this is so weird i like right. can't control yeah yes he is 16 currently oh my god so yeah, but i know we saw him grow up like yes. I know. on screen it's crazy because he was yeah. let's see because i remember every time i look up like how old he actually was in room it like blows my mind because it was 2015 and he was born in 2006 so he was nine my god in that movie that's insane yeah the level of emotion he has at that age yeah yeah and when they filmed it would he have been like eight he's like yeah yeah Yeah, that's crazy that like criminally underappreciated performance that he should have gotten a lot more but yes Mm -hmm. i fully believe that he should have been nominated if not won the oscar Mm -hmm. for that role i think it is like absolutely magical and like so special and like they were able to bottle something Mm -hmm. like so crazy and that he Mm -hmm. is like held up to that child performance yes and like done it over and over again Mm -hmm. and is like so well adjusted yeah. Like of all of the kid actors, like he seems like he's so okay with his parents. Like obviously yeah. there's the doctor sleep story where everyone was traumatized and yeah. he's like, <laughs> except for him, <laughs> I'm bloody and I'm having a great time. And everyone's like, what the fuck so, did we just watch? Yeah. He's just like, he's, yeah. he is really great. Yeah. I, mm-hmm. I think that, um, I, I claim that clearly like his parents have done a very good job, like sticking close to him, but making sure that he has the space and the time to like still be a kid yeah. and grow up. And also, I mean, if we're going to talk about press tour interviews, it kind of sucks that they never got to do a press tour for this because I would have really liked to see them Mm. with Emma Berman, who Mm -hmm. seems like she's so cute. And this was her first movie. And like, I want to see the three of them do press together. But like the room press tour is one of my favorite press tours. Oh, my God. Ever. When he's just on Jimmy Fallon talking about yes. the, or is it Kimmel, I think, talking about the Millennium mm-hmm. Falcon. Ugh. So cute. It's so cute. I, I know. And him and Brie Larson were just like adorable. Like I I love them so much. I was a huge Brie fan because of yes. uh, short term 12 and stuff. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Which I saw like right before. And then that I was like obsessed with Room and her. I was like, give her everything in the entire world for that performance. Right. Yeah. Show. And she no, got yeah. it. But oh I, my god, that's yeah. still one of my favorite movies from that year. Yeah, it's it, a fucking it's, phenomenal movie. Yeah, yeah. I always think of his scene too in the in the cop car when like you're waiting <laughs> yeah. for the mop. No, that is like so. <laughs> we actually like kind of <laughs> talk about it. I'm gonna start what? tearing up. <laughs> but also, just because so we have to mention yeah. Brooke. Obviously, Jacob Tremblaine has not just given one good voice performance, mm-hmm. but two incredible voice performances as Robin on Harley Quinn. Transcendent. Yes. Oh, He's my great. God. It's I so funny. Yes. He's, He's just such a little shit. I was going to yeah. say, he gets to play a little shit, which is nice because he is like yeah. the internet son. And like he's the he, good boy. Usually, yeah. He yeah. is, he good is yeah. the good boy. He's the titular good boy. Good boy. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. That show is so well voice cast, too. Like, oh everybody is just perfect. Yeah. That, that, to me, is like a real masterclass in voice casting because you have random people 
popping yeah. up who you're like, yeah. what? Yeah. I didn't even know they did voice acting. But it's it's the best kind of like quote unquote stunt voice casting because mm-hmm. everyone always matches so well with the character that they're supporting post yeah. portraying mm-hmm. which is how you do it if you're gonna have mm-hmm. random people pop in to voice like yeah. a one episode villain do it do it right don't yeah. just yeah. pick whoever's like number one on your list right like yeah. there's a lot of a thought that goes into the the voice casting of that show yeah. and i think of this movie as well yeah. like i i know that especially now as Pixar grows and grows. And I mean, we see this with like the English dubs of Miyazaki movies and like the, the other kind of like Del Toro's Pinocchio, like stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Like the voice casting is becoming bigger and bigger as opportunities for like named stars. And I think that this like hits a really good middle ground where like, I mean, we know immediately who Jacob Tremblay and Jack Dylan Grazer are, but they fit so perfectly with these characters right and even yeah. like maya rudolph and jim gaffigan yeah, feel great like so well cast <laughs> yeah. in like their yeah. parent roles and like i didn't even know about the sacha baron cohen thing until literally right before this when we scrolled down because that just yeah. felt like oh they just got some guy off the street or it's like the yeah. pixar director or what you know you just like where yeah like, like brad bird when he does like edna mode like it feels like it was something like that because mm-hmm. it's just like it's so much focused on character first before mm-hmm. like here's the voice come see the movie for the voice it's like no 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 no. we're about the story and the characters we're cultivating yeah i remember like growing up kind of in the 2000s that pixar was always known for that is that like they're not necessarily going to get the biggest star they're going to get the best person for the role whereas like dreamworks was kind of those are the movies that like oh the biggest stars at the moment like throw them in the movie but pixar matched the voice of the character so well even if they weren't like the hottest name at the moment they were just so perfect for that role and i think it shows here too yeah yeah that really works i'm i'm a very big fan i i i really mm-hmm. think that like it's it's difficult to work with these are obviously not like children you know they're teenagers but yeah. it's, it's difficult yeah. to work with young actors especially in animation like i always think yeah. it's like so impressive how well despicable me worked working mm. with like yeah three yeah. kids under the age of 14 for that I don't know what it looks like behind the scenes if it's just a lot of like just try a bunch of stuff and see what happens and we'll kind of like build your character off of what we get in the booth Mm -hmm. I don't know if you know either of you know any more about it than me not especially with kids just more like the adult stuff but I I think it's probably so different when you have like such younger kids especially Mm yeah especially for this too like because Jacob Tremblay did get a recorded person but like Jack Dylan Grazer was remote so like to be able to like pull that performance in like remote recording etc I know deeply impressive yeah I know that's so um I went to I was actually at like Walt Disney Animation a couple months ago for like this strange world junket and they Mm -hmm. took us into like one of the booths where they had like this one of the scenes like up on the monitor and then like you could go in and like voice over the characters and they're like usually this is like what we'll do in like various states of animation and stuff and then like they kind it's a lot of like going back and forth it seems so like they kind of have an idea for like how a character is going to be modeled or looked and then like they'll have like Jake Gyllenhaal like in that case like come in and like do the lines and then like kind of build off each other so it is like a very long process but yeah I don't know how you do that remote because it's like a lot of there they were like instructing you and stuff and that that'd be so tough I still I don't believe I don't understand how they pulled it off yeah. Nuts. Can't Nuts. imagine.
Mamma mia, Brooke, I'm looking for some nice shirts and clothing to wear. I don't know where to go, though. What should I do? Oh, it is a super yucky ad. Oh, my <laughs> God. I should have seen this coming. Listen, if we didn't do it, I feel like people would be disappointed. I agree. Uh, listen, if you want Fitz to rival the cute little Italian summer vibes that everyone's got going on in Luca, we have two words for you. What are they? Super Yaki. Mamma mia. <laughs> we love Super Yaki and their incredible film based merch, which I'm sure you've heard us talk about or seen online, but truly love letters to every sort of film and filmmaker that you can think of that you love. And everything from hats to shirts, you want to keep yourself cool in the Italian sun, you Ooh. want to give some little gifts to your summertime friends, mm, you can maybe find it. a little more than a friend. Oh, maybe. Maybe. Ooh. Ooh. Um, you can find it all with Super Yaki and truly like the best people that we have met online. And by the way, you might know that we're LA locals mm. and Super Yaki now has local pickup available in LA. Oh my God. So if you are a local listener listening to this, your Super Yaki experience just got a lot more exciting. I'm not a local to LA, but it sounds very nice. Oh, okay. Well, that that is very nice. You're local to uh, the, the, the Italian country. Yes. <laughs> um, and they're always coming out with new drops. So check, make sure you check back. I don't know, honestly, every Friday for lots of great new merch packaged and, you know, loved by some of the best people on the internet. I love it. Um, And guess what? We what? have a very special gift for you, our listeners. Oh, our my God. Summer friends. Oh. oh, that's so nice. The Albertos to our Luca. Yes. If you would like to get 10% off your order, Ooh. you can put in Super QQ at Super Yaki Checkout. That's code Super QQ for 10% off. Ah, mamma mia. <laughs> so if the spirit or the gelato or the spaghetti Ooh. moves you, you can find all this and more at superyaki.com. That's S U P E R Y A K I.com. Let's watch a more movie oh yes oh. should we talk about the movie about like well, what happens i guess the like thing we is said, like there's not a no lot plot that does happen just yeah. vibes but yeah. i i feel like the three kind of like big sort of stages of development mm. like as in plot mm. development slash character development that we can talk about are like you know under the sea the land mm -hmm. hiding and then kind of like climax acceptance. The like triathlon. In between yeah. two. My ideal triathlon involves eating a bowl of pasta, <laughs> I have to tell you. Maybe at the end, yeah. after yeah. the bike ride. Yeah, yeah. But Not right in the middle. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, God. The it is so <laughs> funny that it's like, oh, and we're going to have the pasta in this Italian movie. It's not a normal triathlon. Yeah. Gotta have no, the pasta. Yeah. Commitment to the bit. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. Um, so under the sea. Under the sea. Poor um, Luca. Poor Luca. He dreams of something more. Mm -hmm. He yes. wants to be part of their world. He is but a humble yeah. uh, shepherd to the fish <laughs> that, that are sheep <laughs> the, 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 or, or cows bah. or some yeah. kind of. I, I'm a big sucker for like things as other things in animation. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, yeah. this horse is actually a dog in Tangled or, right. you know. It, it, case in point these fish are sheep i love it it gets me every time i always think it's so funny i'm a very easy mark for that kind of stuff yeah anyway i love the fish i love the sheep fish it's really fun. the one fish who doesn't Giuseppe. listen right oh yeah um they i mean they really are not helping themselves by giving everyone like the most italian 
names mm-hmm. possible. Yes. Um, oh, you get Jenny Fish today. Oh. Um, and that like uh none of like not nobody has Italian accents besides the people who are like actually Italian actors, but right. like they put on the Italian accent when they're doing the names. Yeah. Yes. Once again, yeah. not really helping yourself. <laughs> No. Uh, I think it's really interesting that this is a movie where the lead character does dream for something more, but has like, I mean, his parents are overprotective, but Mm -hmm. his parents are not technically like oppressive in the same way that a lot of these kind of like Mm. coming of age story parents are. I think like it starts out really conventional with them being like, oh, we're going to send you to the bottom of the sea if you can't go to the land. But I think it really changes when the parents like sneak onto land to go and try to find Luca. Um, I just think that like adds a a more interesting bend to the traditional like you can't go out and explore it's too dangerous um because i think it's interesting to like have a supportive family but also want for something more like to not be lacking something in your family life but still like wish to try other things and like move outside your circle because that's i think like how a lot of kids feel like you can have like a great relationship with your family it doesn't mean you like don't want to go explore the world it's Mm -hmm. it's so necessary to growing up and i think they are like super supportive parents like i do love when they see him again and like especially at the ending etc but throughout it there's never a sense of like oh these are like bad parents that luca has like they are deeply caring and they just want the best for luca because like they also don't really know what the world above is like and they have their own like coming of age journey that they have to experience yes they're a little overprotective who can Mm -hmm. relate yeah. definitely me um but I, I don't know i just i just think that's like a, a nice little detail it's all yeah. about the details in this movie no it's that's what makes it work yeah yeah and i think like continuing with like the queer allegory not everybody obviously is like the worst possible case scenario home life but there are still parents who like although accepting like definitely fear for their kids because it is you know you can't control so much in the world especially when they're finding themselves on their own and kind of coming in their own as they grow up and I think that was like a very relatable characteristic of these two because it's like they they love Luca and they're like totally obviously supportive of him like you said and all he does but like there's that feeling of like you have to let him go and grow on his own and that's terrifying and I think that they portray that really well here and I love like the realization which we'll get to in the end and stuff when like it's the grandma I think who says the line where she's like you know some people won't ever accept him but there are those who will and he'll find them and that's like just like the perfect summation of like their character arc and I love it so much oh my god to me that is like the queerest line in the whole film Mm. yeah I'm like Enrico Casarism be for real (laughs) be for real right now like honestly because again it's about this the sense that you can't change who you are fundamentally and like there are some people that will never accept him like Mm -hmm. straight up those words yeah Mm -hmm. I don't know I know. I'm, I'm just like, saying. <laughs> this is not subtext anymore. It's, like, it's it fully, it's fully yeah. textual. I yeah. also love the this we're immediately jumping around. But since, since I, you yeah, sorry. shout No, no, no. Are you kidding <laughs> yeah. me? This happens literally every episode. Shout out to like the two old ladies oh my God. who yes. hang out and eat ice cream. Yeah. Lesbian queens. Mm-hmm. They're they're dating and they they're out an old married couple who have been living together in this town Mm -hmm. and successfully hiding their love for like 60 years and going on their little ice cream walks um like that to me is like 
the best reveal in the whole movie. Oh, Auntie brought over her fucking roommate again, yeah. who's come over for 30 years. <laughs> I know. I love at the end, it's kind of like, okay, we're like eliminating like all the subtext here. We're just like, okay, so these two are together. Okay, mm-hmm. so right. okay, yeah. And mm-hmm. then like, I, I love that surprise too. And I think it added to their character because you think it's just like a funny like bit going on and then you're like oh no there's like payoff here and it like ties into what the whole movie is about yes yes i mean like right up to the climax of luca giving up like the safety and like the passability that he Mm -hmm. has um like to you know be with his friend it's it's solidarity it's not even like an insane like life or death situation it's really just that very kind of like real more like it's the right thing to do it's not because he has to it's because he knows that like he should well luca knows like from the beginning like he even knows like when alberto's like when alberto (laughs) is mad at him and like they have like their friend breakup and luca like immediately knows like how he wants to try to fix the relationship and is like thinks that he's gonna fix it he's like i'm like he like when he runs up and he does the gravity and he's like trying to bring back these things that brought the two together Mm -hmm. for their friendship like he has been caring the whole time about alberto and knows that he wants to like how he can use what he's learned to help him he's just a shy boy he's not comfortable yet with Mm -hmm. like with himself in the way that alberto is and alberto is hiding the fact that he is still insecure of course Mm -hmm. because he's a teenager with this overconfidence Uh, yeah I love I when Julia, just because we're jumping everywhere, the scene where Julia is like, <laughs> and Luca's like learning about all these things, yeah. and he's like yelling about, like, we're on a rock and it's in a solar system and another solar system. And he's like, and then what? And then what? And he just gets so excited yeah. about the world and like all the possibility that's out there. And that's like what is so cute about him. Like, yeah. even with Alberto and with Julia, like, he has this constant yearning to find out like what's more out there than just like the world that he knows which is so cute especially what makes the ending so strong when he sees the island and then the train is just moving forward into the sun rising through the rain you know Mm -hmm. oh god it rules yeah um should we talk about when he meets julia and the greatest father ever who has his eyes peeled and the cat (laughs) machiavelli the cat that homophobic cat. <laughs> are we canceling Machiavelli? We are. We're, yeah, that is what's happening here right now. He is over party. He he is yeah. he is over. He just wants some fish, you know. It's the way that that's like an overarching arc of the two of them trying <laughs> to them get him to like the feeding cat. him yeah. fish. Yeah. 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 yeah, it's really cute. That's a great cat. It's such a good cat. I'm also I'm such a we're we're both we're both big cat people. Um, I am too. Okay, great. Yeah. Yeah. I love when cats do that little like growl thing mm. that Machiavelli the cat does throughout this whole movie. Yes. It's very not fun when they do it at you, but yeah. in a movie. Well, sometimes you're like, oh, are you mad? You're mad at me right now? Like, I care. I am your parent. I care for you. Like, don't talk back to me. Yeah. Um, (laughs) It's very funny. funny. I mean, it's like the dumb classic comedy thing, and it's such an easy layup, but like the cat slowly like rising its head or always being staring at them, Mm -hmm. like, is always funny. Like, when it rains in the morning and the cat sees them, like, the cat knows that they are gay the entire time. (laughs) The cat is, in fact, homophobic. That's true. It it works. Canonically. Yeah. (laughs) 
again, it's all about the details and Pixar knows how to play the hits when you want the hits. Yeah. You know, that's what matters. Mm-hmm. I love Julia very much. I think that she is a really good character. I mean, we shouted out how much we love her, but like, mm-hmm. I think she's a really good character for kids around this age to see because yeah. she's not just kind of like bossy. She's straight up annoying. And I love, yeah. <laughs> I love her when for she delivers that. the yeah. fish and she's screaming at the person. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like we either were this teenager or knew yeah. this, this teenager preteen, yeah. like the hyperactive, like over enthusiastic, mm-hmm. like has to win at everything, yeah. but is like a really good person and just wants friends and is, is so curious and knowledgeable. I don't yeah. know. I, I think that like getting to see her find friends, like, understand that she's not alone and also not have to change anything about herself is um I, you know i think that they like they do a good job not gilding the lily too much and kind of keeping her as a slightly mm-hmm. supporting character but i don't know to me like if i had a kid around this age i would definitely want to be like here this is like a really good example of mm-hmm. like how yeah. you should stick to your guns and the father is yeah. also super supportive of her like he just wants okay, the yeah. best like they have the conversation where he's like do you really want to like do this again like it's like every year it just like hurts you and you get upset and you go bleh you know (laughs) but he ultimately like does want her to succeed and like wants to help her find friends because he obviously knows that it's like being a child of divorce like he probably understands Mm -hmm. how hard it is for her to like be in this like bifurcated world you know it's really tender what sort of she goes through in her own arc with what's his face mr vespa Senior oh Vespa. Senor Vespa. I'm 16. His actual name is Ercole Visconti. Great. Ercole, maybe? Erco- um, I think so, yeah. Yeah. I technically have a little bit of Italian in me, but clearly not enough. Um, <laughs> Ercole Visconti. Uh, we hate him. We yeah. hate him. And Scum. He's not a good friend, and I like that mm-hmm. his friends... Turn on him? Show him what's yeah. what. Also, the question is, how old is he? Because he's saying that he's 16. Right, but I'm like, motherfucker, you're giving like 25 maybe, if not older? Like, why do you want to win? He peaked at this age, and he's like, I have to keep doing it over and over and over. He's a kid who stayed in his small town and really had a good high school experience and doesn't want to leave that. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. That is, yeah, I love, I always love like a childhood bully, like in these types of stories and stuff, because that's just like such a universal character in our lives and like i saw like the fablemans recently too and everybody's got one you know Mm -hmm. and they are people can say like it's stereotypical but no there are kids that are literally just like that and i think that like having him be this just awful like one-dimensional antagonist is just so true because they're just those assholes for no reason and Mm -hmm. you just eventually have to you know best them or get over it and like move past them because there's that's all they're living for and like they really are not that much in like the grand scheme of everything and i like seeing him on that realization yes it feels satisfying to have him fully bested instead of a redemption arc like it's it's what he deserves he's he's a little shit okay like we don't we don't need to dig into this movie does not try to like bite off more than it can chew in a good way like it just it's okay to keep the the characters thinly sketched because the three main characters are so well drawn right and like so um 
there's so much focus around them that like it's okay to let I feel like the people around them fade into the background with like the runtime too it's like a, really like a 125 movie and it's like they just don't have the real estate both in terms yeah. of story or time to really try to add much more dimension to these characters and necessarily yeah. wouldn't really add anything to them like it wouldn't giving him some more interiority wouldn't make the movie better or worse mm-hmm. yeah. you know I think where it you know succeeds and again this idea that like the kids have people looking out for them is with Julia's dad again mm-hmm. sort of like the idea that yeah. he is so sweet and soft-spoken despite the gruff exterior but I love I like love the the detail about Julia being a child of divorce but also mm-hmm. um yeah. the fact that he's a disabled character that he yeah. only has one arm and it it's like it's just it's a character detail as opposed to either a plot point or a reason for him to hate the sea monsters or right. and yeah. I like it, it just shows how capable he is and how much he cares about like his daughter and that this has never been an issue for him. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. yeah like his know. knife work is amazing. His pasta looks delicious. Oh, that pasta. I want to eat that pasta with, when the plated pesto pasta mm-hmm. with the little basil. Leaf oh on my top. God. Mm-hmm. Mamma mia. <laughs> I think that is nice that there, he has that line where you think that they're going to make it a major plot point with his arm, but then he's like, no, I just was born this way. Mm-hmm. And like the casualness yeah. with it is so refreshing where it's not underlined and highlighted where it's just like, no, yeah. this is just who I am. And that's what's so, as we were saying with the queerness and everything within this movie, it is really just about like, this is who I am as a person. Yeah. Be willing to accept me for that. You yeah. Italian gelato eaters, you know? It, yeah. It's, it's definitely, it's again, in the sense of like not being able to change intrinsically who you are. I think the difference is that he can't hide it or as right. Luca and mm-hmm. Alberto can. Um, yeah. Zoe, I was curious kind of like, I don't know. I feel like especially the, the beginning of this movie is like, a very trans movie mm-hmm. with the idea yeah. of like being able to step into a body that you like might feel more comfortable in, but not like fully understand. Yeah. I don't know. I think that that is sort of an interesting, like additional textual read to the queer subtext. I was wondering, I'm sure you have additional thoughts on that. Yeah, no. Yeah, no, I totally agree. Cause I feel like I, I wasn't out when I first saw this like last year, but of course, like, you know, it's always there. It's like mm-hmm. in my perception of everything. Um, And I think that it is what it gets to the heart of of like being trans is like when you step into this body that like does feel right. It's also incredibly terrifying at the same time because you're always feared of like fearful of like passing or like being found out. And then like so even though it does make you feel better, there's like still a very present threat to you at all times. And it's like learning to live and like deal with that dichotomy while like, you know, realizing who you really are and stuff and like presenting that to the world is like very difficult and especially like to experience it at such a young age I can't even imagine and so yeah I totally feel some of those things too and I felt like that's been a theme in like other Disney films like speaking of water like Little Mermaid kind Mm -hmm. of or like you guys said you did Mulan and like that really is like a subtextual I think subject matter in a lot of these discover self-discovery like animated movies Yeah, yeah like through this very kind of like physical transformation yeah. even something yeah. like turning red which is obviously totally. like mm-hmm. this big allegory yeah. for puberty i also think like is really interesting to look at like yeah like, this idea of not understanding your body your body yeah. yeah yeah but i i like how um in luca like the it's they're they do a really good job not having there be 
shame around the sea monster aspect of it as you know just like people being afraid of them but i love the sequence when luca and alberto are basically like swimming and switching back and forth and the water and the air like the idea that like being able to understand both these worlds and choose like when you want to be in one and when you want to be in the other is like powerful and like is a joy and is not something that is necessarily like difficult to uh, you know it's it's all about like other people's perception and not about like how they feel like in their own skin yeah oh i'd love no i'd love the scene of them like you were saying like them going in and out of the water too because they're just like so carefree and there's like Mm -hmm. no one around and they can just be like all of themselves they don't have to hide anything and the score is so good too. Dan Romer's score, oh my like throughout. I know, stunning. It's like oh on like God. yeah, my never-ending like film score playlist. It's just so like during the fantasy sequences during that scene, and it's just like it is like it captures childhood so well. Like it's so hard to put into words. It just like feels like the score that's in your head when you're just like again so carefree and just living life without any concerns and. Oh God, it, it makes me so happy. Like that scene is just like happiness it's in like joy. five minutes. Yeah. It's like bottled. Yeah. Yeah. The, yeah. the fact that he did not win or was nominated for he wasn't even I know nominated. is I know. despicable. Like this is one of the best scores like of, of a Pixar score slash like of that year. Like you, what you're yeah. saying, it captures that like whimsical childhood feeling, mm-hmm. but also it has that melancholic tinge, especially like the train yes. sequence, the way yeah. that they're able oh. to like draw out sort of the notes yeah. to make you like feel what Lucas feeling. It all just works so well. My God, I the know. score rules. Mm-hmm. It's so it's good. so good. And it really oh. sucks that like Encanto came in and I mean, you I know, know, I like that movie like just fine. I, I think it's, I think it's really good and fun, but I vastly preferred this movie. I do too. Yeah. And it's, it's sort of like unfortunate that it just like Encanto sucked up all the air in the room, yeah. like yeah. so completely. Um, Silencio, Bruno. Yeah, I know. honestly. I know. <laughs> like, they love truly. their yeah, they love their Disney musicals, and we don't talk about Bruno. Yeah, it's so yeah. Uh, this didn't win a People's Choice Award for Best Family Movie of 2021. Ooh, but basically, like every big animation yeah. slash like Academy Award that this could have been nominated for, it was, but it like really did not collect any of the yeah. wins. Like it's just there to kind of like pad out the the pack the of yeah. 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 Which really is a little frustrating. I know. But it's okay. I know. It was easily my favorite too. It was and I do think I think plotless like movies kind of struggle with like broad votership yeah. sometimes because they're like, we need like explicit dramatic beats that are like laid out for us and I'm like, no, because that's what the beauty is in a movie like this and stuff yeah. is that it's not beholden to like a typical structure and it just kind of lets you live with the characters. And yeah. I think it's like bold to make like an artistic narrative risk like that and have it pay off so well. I agree. And yeah. I I honestly think that like animation is a great medium in which to kind of like show that plotlessness mm. because yeah. there's obviously like, I think the untrue gripe with a lot of kind of like hangout movies is well what are you doing you're just setting the camera up and let people letting people like do their thing which Mm -hmm. you know is not true but I think with animation it's the same level of like care and detail that you would put into the artistry of a movie regardless of what the plot is like it's still you have to design every single tiny detail that you're seeing on screen so 
I feel like we should talk about the train <laughs> scene. Um, coupled with the grandma's quote at the end, um, yeah. I think that like really drives home like the queer reads of this. I really love all the casual intimacy between Luca and Alberto in this movie. Like they're not afraid to put their arms around each other. There's that scene of them watching the sunset with their arms around each yeah. other's shoulders that I really like. The scene when Julia scares them. They're just hanging on to each other. Um, you mentioned Vespa mm-hmm. when they're but riding together. Luca loves having his arms around him. Yes. yes it's very cute. And I think that like casual in- intimacy and kind of like this like touchy feely stuff is like great and mm-hmm. doesn't have to be read in an explicitly queer way nor should it like only be relegated to like the queer right realm yeah. of things um but <laughs> for the purposes of this podcast yeah. go ahead and <laughs> yes. say that i am gonna use that as yeah. part of my argument yeah. but i think like we'll we'll go beat by beat through the train scene but like on the casual intimacy like mm. part of it the scene of them holding hands yes. and then like really slowly letting go uh-huh. and like letting that shot linger on mm. like their hands yes. moving apart yeah really sweet devastating yeah and it's like mm. there's with the dialogue i wrote down i pretty much like transcribed like this the quotes that really stood out but like luca's like i can't do this without you and he's like but you're never without me and then it's like how am i gonna know you're okay and they just immediately hug and then mm. he says, like, you got me off the <laughs> island, Luca. I am okay. Like, all of these things are just building the together. Photo. Right. Yeah. Like, oh, or the, and then he taped the photo. Like, fucking God. Yeah. And I love uh. that Luca basically gets his wish to go see the world. And Alberto gets his wish to, like, kind of, like, have a purpose in life. Have and, a like, dad. Have, yeah. have a father. We love yeah. to see it. But, like, have somewhere to, like, put his energy and his, yeah. like... His, he, he likes to build things. He likes to use yeah. his hands. Like, they're both getting what they want. But as we said earlier, it is this, like, deeply bittersweet it's moment mm-hmm. when they're parting. Like, the train goes yeah. and we're just holding on Alberto. And we see Alberto transform back into a fish, monster, mm-hmm. sea monster, etc. for that little bit, which is also some tender showing, like, who he is and who Luca are. And then as Luca goes out, Luca then becomes the sea mm. monster again, showing that they both are, have like accepted and learned to love who they are on the inside and on the outside, looking at like the, <laughs> the yeah. sky transform. Like it is just a really transformative kind of emotional beat. It's so yeah. fucking powerful. I know. And my, one of my favorite themes and like any sort of fiction is the idea of like this first love that you want to last forever, but it can't just because yeah. when it happens, like you're you're so young and you have so much life left to live. But this is a person who like leaves this lasting impression on you that kind of like redefines like where you're going and like the trajectory trajectory of the rest of your life. And that every, every time that's in a movie, it just like hits so hard. I'm like, wow, this is taking me back to like my yeah. adolescence. Like, and it's so so well done here like you were saying it is just so casual and honest and never overstated and I think that that's so true to so many people's experiences like it isn't necessarily this like huge dramatic thing it is really subtle but like no less impactful and I think that that's the beauty in Luca overall and this scene just like encapsulates all of that yeah the when you're an adolescent you don't really quite know how feelings are going to affect you in the future because it's the first time that you felt them. So you don't necessarily know that you should be devastated. It's only when you look back and you realize like, oh, that was like a first love in like some type of way. And like it, it hits the same 
part of your heart, whether it's like romantic or platonic or as is usually the case, like a mm-hmm. blur between the two. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. we've talked about some like very sweet kind of like childhood romances on yeah. the pod. Like, I think I was going to say, let the right one in, right yeah. one in like is the yeah. one that comes to mind where it's like, you can have this really special friendship and also have it be this sort of like childlike romantic relationship, like at the same time, like they, 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 they really can exist in harmony with each other. And I think that that's something that like really goes away basically like once you're an adult, it just, Mm -hmm. it's, it's part of like the knowledge that really like anything is possible when you're a kid, you, you Mm -hmm. haven't learned enough about the world in a good way to like, feel the constrictions of that mm-hmm. um and it's like i stand by me yeah it's like really uh, oh yeah stand by me is another one that we talked yeah, when, about well, yeah. while you yeah. were saying that i was just like my mind was just immediately wandering because also that's a very similar movie where it's like kind of a loose plot it's really about them mm-hmm. going on this and like gordy yeah. has that crush that you know like ultimately and like it's a very similar relationship between the two boys where it's like not unrequited because they both love each other but it's but it, it mm-hmm. kind of yeah. just like sits on top of each other exactly yeah, yeah. and yeah. i mean like that is what childhood is and that's what makes it so nice and i feel like what's so frustrating is like so much of queer relationships and dynamics as we talked about literally at the top of the episode have this sexuality thrust upon it where mm. like people immediately think like if you're gay there has to be like sex involved or it has to be like explicit in these terms mm-hmm. but like as queer yeah. people that's not an intrinsic part to like you're you're just a person that's just who you are yeah and like it's so frustrating when like that has to get lumped into the conversation especially like in a kid's movie like you can have a kid be gay but it doesn't mean Mm -hmm. that there needs to be like anything else involved in it yep yeah yeah it's the same way as like i like i don't understand why like that's like encouraged like crushes and heterosexual kids and stuff but like a minute a kid is queer it's like no he cannot do that or she cannot do that because like it leads to xyz and it's like no they're still a child they're just experiencing these emotions in their own way and that's very luca that is very like that that's the epitome of what this movie is and yeah yeah. i think that even though i haven't seen we are who we are by luca guaninio the Mm, other luca i think that that's kind of like an interesting in-between step between Mm. childhood and adulthood because it's very kind of like early coming of age and I know that it's a lot about like the two main characters discovering a lot of sexual and gender identity things but kind of like from what I understand independently of each other like the central relationship remains like very friendship forward but at the same time they're able to like have this queer coming of age story so like it can be done and it like has been done. And I mean, I think that it is done here regardless of, um, you know, not to, not to throw like poor Enrico Casarosa under the bus (laughs) who made a very good movie. Yes. But I don't know. I listen, he explicitly stated that he didn't intend it to be that way, but he seems like, he seems like a supportive guy. And for what it's worth, stand by me was also one of his influences. So So... (laughs) tells us all we need to know. Fellini, Miyazaki and stand by me. Come on. Come on now. That's like the queer agenda. (laughs) (laughs) The, the last one I was thinking about just like for Luca and Alberto is like during the triathlon, like when he comes running up with the umbrella and it is that like kind of big reveal to the town, I think is so well played because it is again, like really not a lot of dialogue in between it where like you just see the umbrella coming and he's hiding who he is, but then he gets caught and Luca has to step out to show who he is to defend his friend. And like, it's like, especially after like the big argument that, they had it is an emotionally fulfilling moment just all really 
plays so well in this movie. So oh. good stuff. I know. God. I know. And when you were mentioning Luca, it actually reminded me like another one of my favorite themes is that that Luca touches on, but also another Luca Guadagnino movie mm-hmm. is that, yeah, that idea of like thinking you're a freak or like, you know, like you're some other and that you're the only person who feels this way. And then finding like one other person who, who is, like and then it like completely opens your world. And like that, it, you put like everything into that person and that relationship becomes like the most important thing to you. And I was like, that's why I love like bones and all so much is like, Yes. another movie about like monsters and love and stuff and with the queer allegory and I'm like I I just oh my god that's like it's such a beautiful way I think to tell a quote-unquote queer story either whatever you see in these movies specifically like it just it resonates so much I think for all the almost everybody in these communities yes I think that Bones and All was probably my favorite movie of 2022 okay and I yeah I loved it. I thought it was like deeply queer in a way that I didn't necessarily expect it to be. Um, Jordan, I know you liked it. I like, (laughs) I, I, but I, I, that movie is so interesting in its allegory and also very upsetting in a way that I love. I love, I love a good upsetting movie. (laughs) Me too. Um, too. And I don't know. it, It made me very excited to see kind of like, Luca Guadagnino's future projects like Mm. kind of tackling because now it seems like very clear that he's always going to have this like queer through line Mm -hmm. in some way shape or form even if the movie isn't explicitly about that um which I don't know that just made me very excited for kind of Mm -hmm. like what he's going to do in the future and like the I don't know being able to like I know the movie didn't do very well whatever (laughs) everyone is wrong this movie (laughs) about cannibalism didn't play well to mass audiences what but the the desire to kind of like put these romantic stories at the center of like larger genre stories and be Mm -hmm. able to dig into deeper themes that way is certainly something that i think is very present in bones and all but like can can be done in a much more innocent family-friendly way as well it's 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 you're always going to be making a movie about something you might as well like lean into it and really like make your themes unpackable. And I think that that is something in which Luca 2021 <laughs> delivers on like very strongly. Yeah. This is, this is a very like unpackable movie in a good yes. way. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Should we unpack just to say how the Vespa treatment was like, what were they paid for Vespas? Like how did this work? Like I've never seen a movie talk about Vespas so fucking much. I know could not tell you it's bananas that's a huge plot point i know like that is like the most major explicit plot point is like yeah. wanting to find this best but yeah the only, it made like yeah yeah the only thing i can find is that a promotional show was released on the cover of an italian magazine featuring the three main characters on a vespa as kind of like you know in in sort of like in partnership with yeah. Italy. <laughs> it, 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 Italy, Italy was like Mamma Mia, you make it the Vespa, we'll put the Vespa. Yeah, yeah. Italian pop culture and like you know notable movies, and this premiered. It had like a big premiere in Italy. Italy yeah. Obviously, yeah. like the director like is from Italy. A lot of the actors in this film like uh, reprise their roles in the Italian dub. Right. Um. So 
you know, I don't know. The maybe the Vespa is just like as universal as gelato and spaghetti. And pasta. <laughs> mm. Um, do we have any other scenes or moments that stood out for y'all? Or I think I think we did a good job. I mean, there's not yeah. a lot. <laughs> it's, I know. it's great vibes. I do like that the yeah. animation style changes in the dream sequences yes. and in reality. It's, like it's those, really cool how they separate yeah. the two and distinguish them. Those dream sequences are like just oh. stunning to me. I I, I wish that we had had the opportunity to see this in a theater because I do think it's like visually like so engrossing. I've been able to see like a couple Miyazaki movies at Mm. like the uh, the Academy Museum here in LA was doing like a bunch of screenings for a minute. They'll like show up at the new Bev every now and then. Mm. Um, And like every time I see one of those like 2D animated movies on the big screen, it like completely blows me away in a way that I don't know that I necessarily like thought would make a difference in how it translates yeah. and i think that that's why a lot of other people feel like oh animation doesn't necessarily need to be seen on the big screen mm. like it's not mm-hmm. the same it's not the same sense of spectacle but like the details yeah. pop in such a unique way yeah um so maybe pixar will end up touring some of their movies El capitan should do more like re-releases or something i know yeah. especially from the pandemic yeah pictures right. and stuff because yeah like they're so i remember like i didn't get to see like luca or turning because they're only there for like that one week right. and it's like there's like it's so hard to like find a specific day when you're like working and like doing all this other you're stuff like, and do i like, want to go to hollywood for this i know <laughs> yeah, oh yeah. Honestly, hollywood. the worst the worst uh, yeah. part listen <laughs> so i can i can walk to the el capitan from my apartment and i still avoid it like, at all costs yeah. it is <laughs> no, if hollywood. if you don't if you don't live in la basically you have to venture <laughs> into the Times square of los angeles to get to like all these really cool old historic theaters but like it's yeah. not worth it because you're just, suffering it's, it just sucks it's, <laughs> it's yeah, so bad. badly i I was not able to get like it's really interesting because Luca was released on Disney Plus in the United States, but it was released like theatrically internationally, and internationally it collected like a cool fifty mil Jesus. Um, during mm. the pandemic. So that's cool, and I have like the 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 Nielsen um like ratings Mm -hmm. which who knows how accurate they are but it topped the weekly streaming top 10 list for like the week that it released and it was number two on overall streaming rankings you know like it debuted with 1.5 billion minutes of viewing Mm -hmm. time Mm, how fun um most watched streaming film of 2021 look at that i know Encanto found dead in a ditch Mm -hmm. bruno was silencioed um (laughs) So I think that Luca standing over him with the knife. I know this. This is this is unquestionably meant to yeah. be a four quadrant blockbuster. Sometimes 100%. we bend the rules, but like there's no, there is no question that if yes, there was yeah. not uh, the aforementioned novel coronavirus, this would have gotten like a full 100%. theatrical release. Yeah. And yeah. hey, most streamed movie of 2021. So I know you I would have killed it. to have seen this in a theater. It's I so know. true. I'm telling you. When you were saying that, I was really trying to think back on my life of like. 2d specifically animated movies i've seen in a theater and like because i missed obviously so much of like the renaissance etc like i don't Mm -hmm. think i saw a ton of 2d ones like because disney was already really into like the 3d shift by the time i was going to the movies a lot or pixar i've never so the miyazaki movies are the only 2d animated movies and the frog that was yeah i was gonna say that's the only one i think i've seen in theaters or like the 3d like re-release of like the lion king or something like one of those but yeah, yeah. God. No. I, it is like like we were saying with the dream sequences like i would have just killed to see this in like 
an IMAX like 3D. Like I've been thinking lately about, I saw Avatar recently and I was talking with a friend about like when 3D is used so well. And I'm like, Pixar has always been so good about it with like with Up and like Toy Story 3. I remember specifically when I was a kid and I'm like, Luca would have looked so gorgeous with like, like him on the rings of Saturn and like them in the water. Like, oh my God. I, we, we, I really do hope they try to bring it back sometime because it's so unfair. I know. It's so unfair. Yeah. yeah yeah we'll we'll start we'll start the campaign now and see yes, yeah maybe if they kind of like scale back because they kind of got like doesn't he weirdly got kind of like thumped in uh animation theatrical yes, this streaming year. this year yeah. so if they pull back a little bit maybe they'll yeah. they'll turn to more of like rep theater screenings and kind of like show some of their older stuff I don't know. We'll just have to wait and see. Um, But I do think that it was it was good that this movie had like immediate home viewership during 2021 because like a lot of people watch this. Like it's very pop, much more popular than I would have expected for something that's this kind of like low key. Mm, Again, we're in the right corner of the Internet to really be exposed to it. But yeah, yeah. I I had my mom and my sister watch this. They thought it was absolutely adorable. Like I, I think it's like a solid recommend to basically like any. Anybody. yeah 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 i remember i my mom was not really like into it and stuff like wasn't gonna give it a shot and then she was like that was so sweet that was so like, it's yeah. just so sweet like, it is yeah. like it's just yeah like you said such good vibes pure vibes like i really can't see anybody like having strong negative emotions about luca yeah like yeah that's crazy to me but yeah i feel like it was yeah. basically universal like kind of like commercial acclaim yeah. when it came mm-hmm. out even if the, yeah. we don't necessarily have the box office numbers to support that yeah. but you know what we do have oh boy letter letterbox numbers oh so no. jordan would you oh, like to try and okay. guess the average rating the thing is like i really gave this movie a high score but i mm-hmm. feel like just based on like what i remember when it came out like i feel like a lot of people like liked the movie but it was knocked for sort of the aimlessness not aimlessness but like more lack of plot so i'm gonna go mm, He's like a three, three, four. I'm gonna go You're a little going lower. You're going a three, four. Zoe, would you care to put in a guess? Not required, by the way. Ooh, I feel like I can't. Oh my gosh, this is so tough. I, I I do remember those complaints, but I do I remember like on my feed, a lot of people like were pretty consistently around like four stars. So, mm. but I can see some of the other stuff dragging it down. So I might say like three eight, three point eight. Guys, it's a 3.9. Oh, shit. Oh, People okay. really like oh, this movie. Oh, let's fucking go. A lot okay, of yeah. four stars and a lot of five stars, okay. I have to say. And it's, it's the gays. It's, it's the gays. It's, it's, yeah. it's the gays. Yes. I mean, yeah. I would just like to say that the number one review for this movie on Letterboxd is by Letterboxd user James with a four and a half mm-hmm. star review for what it's worth. My God, these go. fishes gay. Good for them. <laughs> and... That review has like ten thousand more likes yeah. than the next most popular review. Oh my god, that's so funny. We all know the fish. Everyone's is like, gay. "Get the fish is gay, mamma mia." Yes, yes, it's it's great, and I don't know how this ranks in our popularity. Pretty high. Pretty high. Okay, yeah. so we have like six hundred and thirty-three k people on Letterboxd have watched this. Almost hundred k reviews. A lot of people saw Luca. People like Luca. Yeah. I mean, as they should. I did the thing mm-hmm. where it was like I Google Luca gay, and immediately like it's <laughs> <Yeah>. just <laughs> dozens of articles of Luca. Yes, yes. Um, and you know, we can we can add to it. We can, Brooke, we can. because where is this laying laying? Jesus, landing on the queer quadrant for you? Scale of one to five. How gay is this movie? I am going to respectfully ignore 
everything that Enrico <laughs> Casarosa has said for the purpose this of this. But listen, yeah. he made an incredible movie. I'm such a huge fan of it. Uh, but, you know, sometimes I would say that a director yes. putting forward these comments would hold it back, but I just, mm-hmm. I can't because I, I believe too much in this yeah. movie. I'm going to give it like no holds barred five stars. Yes. <laughs> the QQ. It's just how I feel about it. I agree. Like this, we mentioned this earlier. Like I wish I had this movie growing up. It's sort of like mm-hmm. something like if I'd yeah. seen this, it might've been a thing where I've like felt more comfortable coming out earlier, not because it's like intrinsically gay, but just because of the way yeah. that it supports the characters and like yeah. the way that they have, mm-hmm this network together so i don't know we've already said all the gay shit it's fucking five for me too five stars zoe Zoe, how are you don't feel pressured (laughs) no i was already at a five before either of you said anything so it is i just think i i love queer stories that don't necessarily have to like announce themselves as queer stories they just are Mm -hmm. and they feel that way and i think that sums up luca so well so yeah Five for me, too. I love it. It's joining the Rainbow Standard. Wow. Fives across love the board. That. Look at How that. How exciting. Oh, my God. We've kind of been on a hot streak we the are past couple of months. We are on a streak. So this, this, is, this is good. This is um, very exciting. Makes me yeah. very happy. I'm I'm so, so happy that you picked this movie. <laughs> yeah. Um, thank you so much for being here. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, when you sent the list, it was like the one that stuck out right away. I was like, I was choosing between a couple others, and I was like, okay, Luca it is like, I'm so happy. I love Hell great yes. choice. Great yeah. choice. Makes me so happy. Um, I mean, seriously, we're honored honored to have you. I'm <laughs> a massive fan of your Twitter and <laughs> also everything you. you do. But if people Thank are not you. familiar with your work, what are you up to and where should they find you? Gosh, I am kind of on like every corner of the internet. Um at Zoe Rose Bryant, but I write awards editing like stuff. I guess kind of for um, We Live Entertainment. I'm covering like the Oscars right now. Um, And then I also have a new YouTube channel where I will review things and talk about film discourse over there, which is also under my name. So yeah, you search that in, you can find me. Yeah. Okay, perfect. And we'll we'll link it as well. Could not more highly recommend a follow. Yes. Quite honestly. Since we're here and you're talking awards stuff and Mm -hmm. we're awards nerds, just to get Mm -hmm. it on the record early, what's your best picture shot in the dark guess? For this year, like my prediction, um, everything ever all at once. That mm. is my, I think that that is the underdog this year because it is so beloved. And a lot of people like go with the basic choice of like, oh, the Fablemans, everybody loves Steven Spielberg. But it's always that movie that's like kind of under the radar that like everybody's just like rallying around. And I think almost everybody I've talked to loves everything everywhere. And I'm also a huge fan. So I think that's that's my pony in the race right now. I think that is a very, a good very to have. good pony yeah. to have. And I, I'm inclined to agree with you at this stage. We'll see. Yeah. To be candid, we are recording this <laughs> review before Avatar The Way of Water comes yeah, out. That's true. Why? So we could yeah. all be, you know, totally destroyed by Jimmy, Jimmy C. C. Um, yeah. C. But we'll see. Luca. Jimmy, the the C, ocean. The Way of Water. Oh, my God. Look at that. people. Yeah. Hey. <laughs> um, we'll check back in to see how all of our predictions played out. Absolutely. Um, we are not as exciting, but we are also in various corners of the internet, mostly on Twitter. I'm at Brooke B. Solomon. Jordan H. Gus. And we're together at Queer Quadrant. And you can also find our Instagram at Queer Quadrant. And you can find us independently on Letterboxd, also at Brooke B. Solomon. Jordan H. Gus. And the podcast, as usual, is on Spotify and on Apple and anywhere else you care to get your podcast. Yes, yes. Uh, <laughs> drop us a review five spaghetti um you can drop us a review about a good review 
only. Yes, please. Um, and subscribe if you feel like it and you want to hear more from us. And feel free to tweet at us. Tell us about all your love for this movie and like maybe other Pixar queer reads that we missed. We're always open to new suggestions. And let us know what you want to see us cover in the future. And Brooke, what are we covering for the next movie? We are going from the villas of Italy to the fake Italian villas of uh, Beverly Be- Hills. <laughs> hey, honestly? Kind of works. They yeah. look kind of similar. No, I mean, that's Spanish style mm. slash Italian style. Oh my God, was this intentional? Okay, listen. Mamma mia. Yeah, uh, next week we, as if, are covering oh, Clueless. No. I'm clue. so excited. It's going to be so fun. I love that movie. Um, So tune in in two weeks for that. And Jordan, is there anything that you would like to leave the audience with? Mamma mia, remember the fish people are gay. <laughs> Incredible.